Um, you know, if you're only worried about the customer in front of you and not the one-time sale, which a lot of people are, then, you know, where's your business going to be in three to five years? Um, so as managers, we have to think about, you know, how do we set ourselves up to be successful, not only today and this year, but three to five and even 10 years from now. Welcome to the Get Wired Podcast, presented by CED Vero Beach. Join us as we make new connections, share our outlooks on business as well as life, and provide a new look at the wholesale electrical supply industry from the inside out. This is the Get Wired Podcast. Here's your host, Mike Burkhart. All right, welcome to the Get Wired Podcast. Uh, we've got uh, Dan Byers back on the show today, all the way from California. Today, we're going to be discussing uh, home automation and which platforms are some of the best, but also why it's important to do them. So uh, but before we do that, if you're listening to the show and you think you might have some good ideas, you might be a specialist in one of these fields that you've heard us discuss or anything related to the electrical supply industry, uh, please feel free to reach out. That's actually how we get a lot of the guests that are on the show is they reach out to me directly. And uh, we talk about what they're interested in, what they want to talk about, and then we get them on the show. So uh, it's really easy. You just reach out to the Get Wired Podcast at gmail.com or uh, contact Mike Burkhart, however you can find me. I'm pretty easy to find. Without any further ado, let's get to Dan Byers. Thanks for coming back on the program. Uh, I think that uh, your episodes have been really tactical and, and definitely some of the most viewed that we've had so or listened to that we've had. So appreciate you being on the show so often. And uh Today we're going to be talking about some smart home technologies. I know that's one of the things that you guys do best. I, I will have to admit that uh, we do not necessarily expertise in that over here. So I'm, I'm ready with a pen and paper to learn here today. There you go. Do you guys see a market for that? I mean, in the uh, in that Vero Beach area? Well, I think uh, anywhere. I mean, people are ordering this stuff online. They're they're buying it at Home Depot. They're um, you know there definitely is a market for it, and it's just a question of you know, are the contractors, are they asking us for it? You know, because, you know, we, right. we pretty much have a rule. If somebody asks us for something two or three times, like, it's going to go into stock by the third time if, if the same person gets asked, you know. Um, right. But, you know, I've been pitched by Ring. I've been, I've, I know a Nest distributor. Um, I'm tempted kind of how you see the market, how, you, how you've gotten into it, why you're into it, um, and then how you go about marketing all of it, so. Right. Well, I guess, you know, we'll have to go way back to my, my early days of inside sales, outside sales, but um, I've always been involved with home automation, you know, especially in the Santa Barbara area with Montecito, Hope Ranch, some of these higher end homes. Um, we were like probably one of the first distributors to really put in a light touch system, which you probably are shaking your head going, I don't know what light touch is. I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah oh, you've heard of it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they're now debunked. They were bought out by several different companies. And most recently, um, they basically killed the platform um, about three years ago. But um, some of the earliest stuff we did were actually were GE relays, RR7 relays in the wall um, for home automation. Nice. So um, we put in probably one of the very first Lutron systems um, way back before it was actually Homeworks. Wow. And so, um, and then obviously when Homeworks came out, we would do homeworks. We would, I would do programming for Vantage, programming for Light Touch, programming for homeworks, um, some Crestron programming. So, but very high end, you know, home automation, you know, $25,000, $50,000, $100,000 lighting control systems for homes. Jeez. And so we've done that for many, many years. Um, and then 
about seven years ago, we started, I started seeing some of this influx of some of this lower um, entry level product um, that might have some potential. Um, you know, so we kept, kept an eye on that. And then over the last five to six years, we've really dug in deep to what we call it, you know, the, the do it yourself product, the do it for me product entry level, you know, whether it's a Wi-Fi product or a Zigbee or Z-Wave product, or if it's a proprietary thing like Lutron cassette or Radio Raw, we've really investigated those avenues and really dug in deep and created some, some sales for ourselves, you know, packaging it with other things. So, well, I, I know from your just watching your Instagram that you guys you, you do market this pretty well, and you are a big Lutron Pro. Uh, we mentioned that, I think in the very first episode. Yeah. Um. So we we do. After having said, I, I we don't do a ton of that. We do sell like a lot of Caseta product. I think. Right. Um, I think it's very dynamic. It's flexible. It's it's really easy to use. Um. I installed it in my house by myself. Like if I can do it, anybody should be able to do it. Right. Because that was literally the first dimmer switch I've ever installed was a Caseta one. Um, <laughs> and I'm actually uh, Lutron Homeworks QS uh, certified. I got that back in 2015. Uh-huh. Um, never actually used it, but I'm curious, like, do you have all the certifications for those for those programs? Or you just kind of figure it out on your own? Or? I do. Um, that's going to be a little bit of a change in the industry, I think. And that's you know, something you'll probably hear from Lutron coming down soon is, is that there's going to be with the QS product, probably less distribution channels um, and more direct to the C10 or AV guy than they have in the past. Um, I think this is the model they're going towards. Um, and one of the reasons why cassette and radio raw is still a big you know, thing for us is that that's something we can still sell as a distributor. We still sell a lot of homeworks, but I know that in our area, there's talk about that, that homeworks going directly to the contractor um, down the road. So Definitely. And it just makes sense. I mean, all their competition, all Lutron's competition sells direct to the to the to the contractor. So it's kind of hard to be competitive when there's still that third party involved, the distributor, especially if they don't bring anything to the party. I think we do, but you know, on the same note, it's very difficult for Lutron to to be competitive in the marketplace when they're having to, you know, go through distribution and no one else does. Yeah, I mean, the uh, I, the reason I went to that course and got, got certified was because I had a customer that was really into it, and I knew he was going to need support on the programming side of it because right. his strength was install. And I was just curious about it, thought it would be right up my alley, and uh, went to went to Coopersburg, did the three-day training, whatever it was, got the certification, came back, and on the very first job, I quote it, and then he buys it direct. And I was just kind of like, uh-huh. what the hell, guys? To both yeah. of them, the contractor and the Luchon, and... Uh, and it turns out, yeah, they decide to sell it direct. But when they're selling it direct, they're just going through a different distribution channel. They're going through like an audio video channel, at least here in Florida. Um, well, that's interesting. Out, out here, it goes directly to the C10. So they have a DIMS yeah. number and they can log in and all that stuff. Yep, but, um, exactly. But yep. it seemed like it was just going through some other guy and he was getting markup on it. And, Huh. And not even ever touching it, never meeting the customer, never going to the job site, none of that stuff. So I was I was very perplexed by that uh, way to market. For, huh. from maybe company. they were using an AV dealer. I don't know. That, yeah. I think that, that these guys at that level, they do a lot of weird things sometimes. So yeah, um, it's pretty frustrating so though. <laughs> it is it is frustrating when you see that happen, but you know it's part of our business. We have to adapt, yeah. and so we look at different products that we can sell. Um, you know, so with the home automation space, the, the lower level, the entry level product, I mean, it's been around for a long time. I mean, you had, you know, X10, the old Leviton product, um, yeah. you know, power line carrier stuff, you know, what people called it, 
which was inexpensive back in the day, but didn't work very well. Um, and we had that on the shelf for maybe a year or two when I was an inside salesperson. And it only took us that long to figure out we didn't want to sell it. It was just did not prove itself to be, you know, in the field, able to be work for the customer. Wow. So we, we got a lot of, lot of callbacks, a lot of, you know, people saying it was defective product, didn't work right. Um, there was just a lot of moving parts with that. And it always seemed to be a very, um, you know, a product that you always had to manage. Um, yeah. And so we just, just stopped selling it and just, you know, if people really were interested and wanted it, we would send them other places. <laughs> uh, it, just, it really became one of those things where we just can't support a product that doesn't work. Fully so. agree. I, I mean, it's, it should be a one-way transaction, right? I heard this the other day, like, we want to sell one-way wire from a wire distributor. He's like, I don't want to sell it and have it come back. That's two-way wire. We don't want that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I like that. That's funny. Um, yeah. But how much of this do you really think is defective product versus the person getting it has no idea how to install this? I think with the X10 stuff, I think it was a good 50-50. Really? I think the okay. product just, I mean... It was misapplied in a lot of applications, um, you know, being a power line carrier, if they didn't have the signal bridges, if they had bad wiring, you know, loose neutrals, things of that nature, the product wasn't going to work. So, you know, you really had to be, you really had to make sure that the house was set up right for it. And then anytime you change something, you could disrupt a signal. So, you know, again, when you're talking the infancy of home automation, especially the, the lower entry product, um, you know, it worked for some people, you know, but at the end of the day, it just was not a good viable product. And still, I don't, in my opinion, still not. I mean, they still sell it. You can go to x10pro.com and figure it out, but it's, it's still a very sketchy, ghostly product and uh, we just don't support it at all. Well, they must have sold a lot of it because we're still replacing that here in, in Vero Beach. Um, I always yeah. I always say the Lightalier rep and the X10 rep did a really good job about 10 or 15 years ago. Because <laughs> I'm sure they did. Just yeah, we had a lot in here. But they were the only people that you could actually put like a fixture module in the fixture and then throw something in the wall and not have it connected via a direct wire and make a control. Yeah. So, you know, without spending a lot of money. So it was really that that really was that low entry barrier that created a lot of sales for them. Um, and you know, a lot of people tinkered with it. So it just, once you started getting, you know, more and more devices on the system, you just started getting more and more lack of control and problems. So, and that's not what we wanted to do. Right. So hence Lutron. <laughs> and so Lutron comes along and, uh, where do you think it started with them? Was it, was it Caseta that kind of broke that market? A oh, for us, it was, it goes back to the early days of the Maestro products. And then there was, uh, the, the early graphic eye product, um, for control. But I think for, for Lutron radio raw was probably their first really, you know, entry level or, you know, cost effective product they could put in the marketplace. Yeah. Um, that was more user friendly. It didn't, didn't require, you know, a lot of programming. You still had to have a laptop, a laptop for it. Uh, but you, it wasn't that difficult to program. Uh, Caseta was really their first product that removed the laptop completely and let you program via your phone. And I think that really brought them into a, an area now where they're at, where the set is a huge part of what they do um, and a large platform for them. And I just think a lot of people are following suit, and, you know, mimicking what what's happening there. So, I mean, I think it's a, it's a great product. Uh, and, you know, I say Caseta, some people say Caseta, um, Casita in Spanish means small house. Uh, so, right. so that's kind of the idea is that it's, it's the home automation for every man and or every house, man, woman, right. woman child, whatever. Um, right. 
the idea being that it's like 2,500 square feet or less, and it used to be 50 devices or less. I believe now it's 80. Maybe it's just 75. 75. They just stepped that up. Yep. yep. Um, and you can control it all from your phone. You can set schedules. You can build geofencing. You can, um, I mean, it, it's great. You can set scenes. You can have vacation modes. It's it's really like an all around very functional, easy to use product. Like I said, if I can do it, I think anybody can do it. Um, it it is. It's very easy to install. It's easy to program. It's you know, it's like anything else. When you're talking home automation, you have to have a little bit of a forethought of what you want to do. But it's easy to build on. It's, it's a Lego product. You can you can start with a couple devices and you can just build on it very easily, um, which is what we really want for the homeowner and the contractor. It gives a good call. It gives them good reasons to go back to that homeowner to add on to things. Well, and we sell quite a few of just the standalone no bridges uh, situations where you need to, to create a virtual three way or four way switch or. Um, and they don't want to do a whole system, but there's just one really awkward room or a stairway or a shed or fountain lights or something like that where you're adding a circuit to a house and they want to just be able to control one thing. So I think that was really clever on Lutron's part to to give it the ability to be a standalone system if you want it to be. Right. Yeah. Because we sell and, and that's, it that way. Yeah. That's, I think, what Cassetta really got people involved with it was the fact that they could do a three-way without having to have the wires around. That was getting past the look of Cassetta them to you know because it didn't look like a standard dimmer it didn't look like a diva dimmer or a maestro dimmer it had a little bit different look correct um but now they've they've kind of gotten past that and not that we want to make this a you know sponsored neutron <laughs> podcast um i mean there's other product out there that's very viable leviton has some decent product out there both in their wi-fi product and also in some of their zigbee z-wave stuff um i know that you know there's a company hubble just bought recently called iDevices. yeah which is a really good product that we've been playing with a lot. Um, you know, ABB has a, has a line now um, that they're bringing out of, you know, home, simple home automation. Um, so and there's a it's million, interesting everybody's getting into it. A million ones on Amazon that have no name or brand name or whatever, but you can buy them and, you know, hook them up. Yeah. And um, yeah. like you said, the technology is becoming very ubiquitous. It's, it's right. getting out there in, in all shapes and forms. Um so I guess the, instead of has, focusing on like specific products and, and having this be a pitch for Caseta and right. not getting any advertising for, dollars for it, let's... no, we can yeah we can shoot we can we can shoot an email <laughs> to Lutron later and say hey, <laughs> you're the guy to make that happen. I know you yeah. you'll figure that out. Um, let's talk about why it's important to have this offering and why it's important to know about it. If, if you well, know I like. think for a distributor like us, I think it's 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 obviously important to know this product's available and how it works. Because it, it for us opens up doors to a the smaller you know person in the business. So and just for instance in Santa Barbara, Galita area, you know somebody buys a home, they're going to usually do a remodel. Um, and now yeah, prices are expensive in Santa Barbara, but they're not going to have twenty five thousand to fifty thousand dollars to put towards a lighting control system. But they might have two thousand dollars to put towards something and a lighting control system. And with this you know entry level product that works really really well that opens those doors for you to get into that person that has a lower you know entry level um, and get into their house and get in with the contractor so that's kind of where i see it working for us and that's where we've actually done a lot of our marketing is actually towards believe it or not real estate agents that are either selling a home or buying a home with somebody to say well when you that house gets sold or bought you know, think about us when that remodel comes around. So because we want to be able to supply some material 
you know, and then show them what we can do. And how do you, that's interesting. I never would have thought to market it to the real estate agent as, because that, that gives them a chance to add some value to their customers as well on both sides of the transaction. So Correct. They could either fix the place up before they sell it or as soon as it gets sold, hey, here's what you should do to make it. You know, right. Especially a flip or something like that. So how do you right. how do you go about networking with them and, and getting to them and, you know, kind of. Well, I think you have to, one, know what you're, what you're really talking about in the product. Right. Um, so I think, you know, first off, if anybody's thinking about getting into this, this home automation business, it, even from a distributor standpoint, knowing the different technologies. So doing a little investigation on Z-Wave, understanding that technology, going down the road of Zigbee, understanding that technology, um, you know, whether it's a low, you know, energy Bluetooth product, whether it's a Wi-Fi product, whether it's a dedicated wireless product like Lutron Cassetta and Radio R, they're, they're a wireless product, but they don't use the Wi-Fi in the house. Right. So understanding the differences between those platforms and how they're utilized in the marketplace um, and how what different manufacturers do and use how they use those products is important. So when you're talking to somebody and you're saying it's a wireless product, you know, that covers a lot of different technologies. So you want to be sure the technology that you're going to use is going to fit for that homeowner or that, you know, that contractor and he understands it. So that's the first thing. Um, so we don't want to get into all those technologies because that's a lot of <laughs> information. Yeah. So I would suggest anybody listening to this, just Google those, Google those terms and start doing a little research on the difference of those platforms. And I mean, it sounds like you know quite a bit about this. And I also know that you have an employee, uh, I believe his name is Cruz. Yeah. Is that his first name or his last name? That's his first name. And, and, and um, unfortunately, Cruz is no longer with us. He took oh. another opportunity with a company, um, a software company. Oh, wow. So, um, so I have another guy that I'm training up. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, opportunities. Yeah, you always got to have somebody ready to step up and, uh, you know, people can, that's what people do. They look for the opportunities. Exactly. And leave. No, nothing wrong with that. Um, exactly. But uh, so what's your, what's your procedure? Do you train them yourself or do you just kind of get them exposed to it? Do you send them on a job? You get them, send them to vendor trainings? Um, I do vendor trainings. I do a lot of the training myself. Um, one of the things I'll show you in a second, it won't wait great for the listeners, but I'll give you a quick snapshot of our uh, showroom we have in Goleta. Um, so that's where we actually have all this equipment set up. We play with it. Um, we break it, we fix it, you know, we figure out how things work together. Um, and so I do a lot of training out there for not only contractors and my staff, but also homeowners. So we've started to do training with homeowners where they want to learn more about what Alexa can do. So we'll say, okay, we're going to do five commands, five simple commands that Alexa will do with all this product, whether it's Lutron, whether it's Levitin, whether it's Pass and Seymour, we're pretty agnostic in that area, mm -hmm. but we can show them how to create scenes. We can show them how to have the music come on with the lights dimmed and all that good stuff. And it's very simple. And once they start seeing it and playing with it in a real life environment, it takes away all the mystery. Kind it really of does. Pulling the curtain back a little bit. Pulling the curtain back. Exactly. And is that the whole point behind Galeta? Galeta, sorry, I mispronounced that. Um, is to to use it as a platform to show the home automation, or is it a truly standalone profit center? It's a it's a profit center that is a will call only, right now. Okay. Um, but it's going to grow. But it, you know, I had extra space. I wasn't sure what to do with the space. You can see it now. Yeah, basically, we created a showroom that looks like a house. Um, have everything in there that anybody would want to play with. 
So it allows us to bring the homeowner in, bring the contractor in, train them on the product, but also give them the opportunity to, to play with it and see how it works, yeah. um, and how they're going to make it work with their home and how they're going to live with it. Um, and we've seen some really good success because of that. Now, not everybody, unfortunately, gets the opportunity to do that because um, they may not have the room for it or they may not have the appetite to spend that kind of money. Um, and that, you know, it's one of, for me, it's one of those things where it has really paid for itself having a place to do this. Nice. That's good. So I'm going to actually see if I can't do this real quick. Um, I'm going to try to share the camera with you. I think it's a connection issue, though. Yeah. Could be. Oh, you're back. I'm back. Oh, did you hear me? I can see you now. You can see me now? Okay. Now, am I, am I back now? <laughs> yeah, you're still there. Yeah. Okay. That's weird. So then, what do you, when I do this? You just hung up. And you're back. You there? Yeah, I'm back. That was, that was so weird. They said you left for a second. Yeah. So what do you see there? Uh, it looks like the bottom of a computer. Okay. So there's my computer screen. Yeah. Close that. And so that's our showroom. Okay. I'm not sure if you can see that. I can only see the bottom. Okay. Wow. Okay. So that's our showroom. That's awesome. Yeah. So we have a front room, a living room, um, a little dining room area, kitchenette. Off to this door right here is where our training room is at. It's about 20 people. And, you know, I can do, I can sit on my phone, like we talked about, and I can hit a button on my phone. And things will start to change 12 miles away. Hopefully. Well, that's my house. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to do that. Your wife's going to be upset. Yep, uh, she might be, actually. Uh-oh. used to drive my wife crazy when I do that. She's like, oh, you're showing off the Caseta again. Exactly. So. That looks really nice. Did you have, like, a decorator come in and do this, or you just? Actually, my my wife's a person of all kinds of means, and she she actually did a lot of the decorating and work. I did a lot of the, the uh, putting things together, um, obviously, but she picked out a lot of the, the product that went in there to showcase different things. Very, we went to a lot of consignment shops yeah. um, and things of that nature. But so basically in this room, we have 12 layers of lighting, um, both down lighting, grazing, accent lighting, and just some fun lighting. We have all the Nest product. So we have cameras, we have the Nest smoke detectors, we have the Nest thermostat, we have the Nest alarm system. So we can show how all that works. And then we have every piece of Sonos gear because we're a Sonos distributor. Um, the only, you know, electrical channel Sonos distributor in the nation at the moment. Um, so we can show you all the Sonos speakers. And I think if you look at the piano, you can see I got a couple Sonos speakers there. Um, but we have all the products of theirs in there. We can show you how to make, you know, one thing button do all those things together. So it's kind of a fun space. Hmm. Um, we do a lot of we do a lot of fun things in this room with training. Um, and it just, again, it just takes away the mystery of how this product works, um, which is nice, you know. So contractors get really comfortable now, and they actually send their 
you know, respective clients to this space um, to, you know, to sit here and just, you know, work with things. And they'll usually come out with a bill of material that they want to utilize um, going forward. And what are your thoughts on homeowners buying this stuff and putting it in themselves? How do you deal with that? I think it's easy for them to do if they have a little bit of, you know, mechanical knowledge. Uh, you know, it's really not that difficult. You could like replacing a switch. Like you said, you did it yourself. Yeah. I think where it comes down to is the programming part of things, is thinking it through a little bit farther than one button doing something, um, especially when you're talking about the voice activation part of it. Um, that's the most problematic part for homeowners is understanding the difference between Alexa, Google, and Siri and how they act when you do something in, in, in the system. So for instance, Alexa is very scripted. So if you say, you know, hey, Alexa, turn, you know, turn on the down lights, she's not going to understand that unless you've actually scripted in her and in the Lutron program down lights, you know, turn on down lights. Right. So you have to be understanding of how she's going to react to your language. Google's more, um, how do you say, conversational. <laughs> so with Google, you can say, turn down, turn down the lights in the living room, turn on the TV and set the temperature to 70 degrees. You can do all three commands in one string and Google will understand that and make it happen. It'll take longer than Alexa, but it's, it, you can do those extra strings and commands with Google that you cannot do with, with Alexa at this point. And you could call all those three commands one scene and be like, hey, Google, I'm home or whatever. And You could, yeah. um, but then you would have to remember that scene is specifically set to that temperature, yeah. the lights at that level, so... Um, you know, again, it's just what platform the homeowner is used to and, and want to use. So obviously the first thing you want to do is you want to look at their phone and if they have an iPhone, they're probably going to be a Alexa Siri user. If they have an Android, they're probably going to be more leaning towards Google. Yeah. Um, and that's just the real, you know, broad range, but it, it usually works out that way. So, yeah, I took, um, I took a couple and Siri in HomeKit have made a lot of great strides. And we've really delved in deep with the Siri shortcuts and using HomeKit in this space to really, you know, bring out the best of that platform. So, you know, and a lot of people are starting to work with HomeKit seamlessly. So there's not a third party thing you have to do anymore, which is nice. Um, so, again, we get to play with all three platforms. We get to figure out what works best in each platform as we play with it and then be able to give that to the contractor or the end user and say, hey, if you want to use Siri HomeKit, here's the best practices. And we've done that now for the last three months in this space, so we understand how it's going to work for you. Gotcha. So, you know, and I'm sure, you know, obviously you sell Nest. Um, there's probably not a lot of margin in Nest because um, you can get Nest anywhere. Well, yeah, so let's talk about that because I, I know Nest we buy through um, one of our manufacturer reps here in Miami. Uh -huh. And Ring, we can buy directly, but the program they have us set up on isn't super favorable. I mean, we're talking, you know, teens as far as GP percents go. Um, and a lot of times it's, hey, there's no return. So whatever you buy, you're stuck with. At least that's what, that's the presentation I got from Ring. Um, yep. They were like, oh, you're CED. You guys are huge. We'd love to be a part of you. And then here's a deal that doesn't work for your business model whatsoever. And I was like, great. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So how have you... Are you experiencing the same thing in your market or how do you address those issues as they come up? Well, we're at first it was like, 
you know, why do we want to sell something, you know, everybody can get anywhere. Right. right? Yeah. Uh, but that's just, that's just where we're at these days. You have to be able to, you know, bring something else to the, to the table. So we sell, we sell a package basically, you know, we're selling an experience. So not only are we selling things individually, but you know, if somebody wants to buy a Nest thermostat, we can show them how beneficial it is to have that thermostat also have the smoke alarm and then maybe have some Lutron product so that when something happens, everything, you know, triggers at once. Um, a lot of people don't sometimes realize that if you have a Nest smoke detector and CO and you have a Nest thermostat, if the smoke detector or CO, you know, sees carbon monoxide or sees smoke, it can tell the thermostat to shut down so that it doesn't circulate the air. It's one of the most simple things in the Nest product line that very few people know they can do. I didn't know that. Never even yeah, heard of so, yeah. it. And that's a huge safety thing. Yeah. You know, because you don't want to be circulating carbon monoxide or smoke in the house because you don't want that fire to spread or anything else. And that is one of those simple, very easily things to do within Nest that they don't even really tout very much, hmm. you know. So a Nest Pro, a Nest Pro installer knows this because they train them on that. But the average homeowner, average installer doesn't. So by giving them that information, you start to build their confidence in who you are and what you can do. And yeah, you have to package things together to actually start making some of that margin and then bring those customers back in again because they're, they're going to want to work with somebody who actually knows the product um, versus going to Lowe's or Home Depot or Best Buy, picking it off the shelf, and then getting it home and being frustrated because they didn't understand how the product was going to work for them. I mean, I think it's a huge value add to have any experience beyond what happens outside the doors of the, your profit center. I mean, literally just yeah. just today I got a call and we I thought we had this figured out. I was there a week ago. We put together this emergency ballast. We had to splice it into this whole lighting fixture, whatever. We had it all laid out, figured it out, pushed the test button. It came on. It worked great. Cool. Everyone went home. I get a call this morning and they said, hey, you didn't by chance take any pictures of the way that we spliced all that together, did you? And I was like, no, I thought you guys were going to. I thought you're going to keep that as one model and you're going to build the other seven emergency fixtures off of this model. And they were like, yeah, uh, we're going to need you to come back out here. <laughs> and so <laughs> I had to go back out there and like redo this again. And I'm like thinking like, I'm not the electrician here. Like I'm just following the instructions. But to be seen as that guy who, who they can call and you come out and actually solve a problem for them and, and get them onto the next phase of their job. I mean, that's it's almost irreplaceable to them, you know? Yeah. They're not going to go to Home Depot and, and have that experience or even one of our competitors. Right. Now, I've had people, you know, buy something at, you know, competitors or Home Depots or even Apple, Amazon, Apple, Amazon come in and then they'll see this and they go, well, I got this product and I will help them with that product, even though they didn't buy it from us. Yeah. And a week later, they're coming in to buy whatever else they need. Because if somebody's, you know, in this space and they're just getting started, like I said, it's a Legos type of product. So they're going to want to add. Right. So even if they've already bought something at Amazon that might be cheaper, um, they're not going to be satisfied more than likely with that product if they don't have some support, um, unless they're a real tinker, which very few people are. Most people just want to be able to put it in and have it work and not have to tinker with it. Good, um, good so <laughs> we give them we give them the opportunity to make sure this is the system that they want, um, and then we do a lot of education about what is home automation what's a connected home, what's a smart home, what's IOT, you know, Internet of Things. There's a lot of these acronyms and phrases get thrown around, but the first thing people need to understand is that 
home automation is just basically any product in your house that does something for you would normally have to do yourself. So as simple as a motion sensor, that's home automation. It's turning off a light or turning on a light for you so you don't have to do that anymore, right? Yeah. Rain, you know, sprinkler systems are some uh, base of home automation. Um, then you move a little step farther than that. We have what we call connected home or connected devices, which are devices that will talk to each other, you know, in order to make something happen. Your lighting system will talk to your, your Sono speakers or your... AC, AC will talk to, you know, your lighting system, whatever it is. You've got these things that are connected in the home. And then your third level is your smart home is where you have these devices that are connected or standalone, but give you back information to actually interact with you. So that's what a real smart home is, you know, described as is a house that's connected together that actually gives you back information when you want it. So... You know, it's kind of getting people to understand those different layers. I'd never heard that before, so thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that part of the Caseta package is, in my house is also throwing in aux sensors in rooms where you, any room that you walk into where you might have something in your hands and not be able to hit the switch. So garages, laundry rooms, uh, potentially bathrooms. Uh, we use yep. vacancy switches in the bathrooms. Um for those who don't know, vacancy meaning you have to turn it on, but you don't have to turn it off, whereas occupancy, it turns on and off for you. Um, Correct. Just for a little disclaimer for anybody listening that doesn't know that. Uh, and I think it's important that we define these things and let everybody know, you know, because it is kind of intimidating from our perspective, too. I think training is a huge opportunity in our industry and in and, and CED, but it's really up to us as PC managers to make sure our employees get that information and set the time aside to, to really make sure that they're in front of the vendors when they're here and, and get the information out and actually retain it and use it and apply it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so I think accepting that challenge of learning something like this, diving in deep, you know, at the end of the day, as a distributor, you're, you know, you're going to be selling pipe and wire and all this stuff, but unless you can bring some knowledge about it and help solve some problems then you're not going to be very, you know, valuable to that end user or that customer or that contractor. Um, and this is one of those few areas, you know, simple home automation or entry-level home automation, where there's still a lot of, like I said, a lot of vagueness about it. There's a lot of gray areas. And there's a lot of misunderstandings. So you have an opportunity to be that problem solver very easily. Yeah. You know, when the sub guy calls up and says, how come I can't get my phone to do this? And you understand that? You have now solved this problem, you know, and that's going to add value. And they'll remember it when they have to buy pipe and wire that you helped them out when nobody else could. And exactly, you might have exactly. a slightly higher margin on that stuff. But um, speaking of margin, how do you think that you compare just off the shelf? Some guy walks in and he, he's already been to Home Depot and Lowe's that day. And now he's coming to you to buy, you know, say a Caseta product or a Nest product or something like that. Like margin for margin, where do you say you fall in line? And then we'll talk about the Amazons of the world. I will say we're competitive. Yeah. Um, we're, not, I mean, there are times where we're going to be as inexpensive as a Home Depot or a Lowe's, or even as an Amazon, depending. Um, but I always look at their pricing and try to be a couple points above them, um, just knowing that I think we bring value. And okay. you know, they're selling something for ninety nine dollars, and we're selling something for one hundred nine dollars. I think we're in the ballpark. The customer understands we're in the ballpark and we're giving something that Home Depot can't. And I think they're willing to pay that extra, you know, a little bit of margin in order for us to solve that problem for them. Because it does take 
sometimes a lot of time, like, you know, I'm sure you have employees that cringe when homeowners walk in just like we do because they, they don't really know exactly what they're going to be asking for. They don't understand color temperatures and, you know, you know, dimming selections and compati- right. compatibility of dimmers and, and, you know, all, all that different stuff that goes into it and, uh, that we take for granted when we're talking to an electrician. But, uh, so we're going to be spending a lot more time talking to these guys through it and building packages and putting together a system that's actually going to work for them. So you have to charge more, right? I mean, is that kind of the idea or? You do. Um, it's surprising how many electricians don't understand color temperature or <laughs> a lot of those things. Also, yeah. I feel like we're training our, our contractors just as much as we are our homeowners. But I think with the homeowner and the contractor, you're just building you know, a good relationship. And, you know, the best advertising you can have is somebody having a good experience in your PC. Yep. And then them telling somebody else, oh, you need to go see Mike because him and his team really understand this stuff. And we'll help you make sure you get the right product in your house, you know? And so, it, yeah, I, I would, I, I would spend an hour easily with a homeowner and have them walk out with nothing, but have the right solution, knowing that more likely that homeowner is going to say, Hey, these guys know what they're doing. You need to go talk to them before you do anything else. I mean, it's an investment. You're talking about 12 and a half percent of your eight hour day or 10% of your 10 hour day, um, as a PC manager. And, yeah. uh, that that's a huge amount of opportunity cost that that we're expending. So how do you make it so that you're not the guy? Like, like we've always talked about this. You're the and I love your line. I've used it probably a hundred times since you said it. Uh, learn something, do something, teach something. Right. So how do you get it to that phase where other people in the profit center are now able to implement what you're saying, and you're a force multiplier, not the guy? Right. I think it's a lot of training. And it's a lot of, you know, for me, side by side with those people, when I hear them talk on the counter or hear an inside salesperson talk with somebody, I'm in a good position now to where I normally don't get involved unless I want to get involved. Hmm. And I, I, it's interesting to me and I like it. So a lot of times I'll interject myself and say, hey, you know, you know, I can do that. I can help you with that. Or it gets to a level that that particular salesperson hasn't learned yet. And so they'll bring it to me and say, hey, Dan, this customer's got this problem. Or they're trying to do this. How could we do it? Um, prime example is I had a customer, um, an inside salesperson, bring me a customer who had a, a, not a problem. But they were trying to figure out a way to monitor their pool better at their house. Hmm. So, and and they had a Nest camera, um, and they actually had a Sonos speaker, um, but they didn't think about putting the two together. So I was able to go look at their system and say, okay. We're going to have this Nest camera. We're going to outline the pool area directly, you know, at the water line for our first level. We're going to outside that area another four feet as our secondary level. And then the third level is anything outside of that. So I was able to get the camera to tell the Sonos system through a third-party app that if somebody came into the second area, he would get a tone on his Sonos speaker no matter what. And then if they went into the red area, he would actually get an alarm on his Sonos speaker because he was back in his office and he couldn't see the pool. And he was afraid of his kids, even with a babysitter, accidentally going into the pool. Hmm. So within a half a second of somebody breaking that line in the camera, he would get a tone or a signal, an alarm on his Sonos speaker in his office to let him know something's going on in that area. Now he can go to his screen and he can look and see if it's, you know, if it's the dog getting in the pool or if it's actually a person getting in the pool. Right. 
over time with that IQ system, that Nest camera kind of learned that we're not going to worry about leaves and we're not going to worry about cats, but we're going to worry about people. So that was something I got brought into that I really enjoyed figuring out how to make that solution happen for him. Um, that is really now my, now my sales guys understand that too. They go, oh, I would have never put those two together, you know, and the homeowner didn't think about doing that. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, and now I that guy probably another $4,000 worth of equipment yeah. between lighting and stuff over the last six, seven months just because we solved that one problem for him with stuff he already had in his house. I, I mean, it is funny. We had a there, – there, I can think of an example. Um, I won't say his name, his, his last name, but his name is Frank. And uh, he's a customer of one of my electricians. And one day – he's very picky. And one day they just said, you know, if you want it so bad, you go figure it out with CKD. And they sent him in to buy it. And he comes, he comes in every, I don't know, six to eight weeks, and he's always buying something. He's always spending a couple hundred bucks. And I'd say over the course of the last couple of years, he spent maybe five or $6,000 at, at crazy margins because he's on the COD matrix. Right. Um, but he just likes the conversation. He knows that if he's got a question, we can answer it. We're going to slow down. We're going to talk to him and walk him through it. He's an older gentleman, so he really likes to like understand what it is and not feel like he's just being pressured to buy something and get out of there. He's right. Like, he's not just some other like people call him by his name when he walks in, like, oh hey Frank. Like he makes a personal connection with everybody. And right. Um he's never gonna you know, we're not gonna win any awards for selling to this guy or anything like that, but I mean it's a lot of money over for for one C O D customer and at the end of the day we're helping somebody and he tells his friends and Right. And that contractor knows that he can send more people to us because we're gonna take good care of them. Yeah. That's the train going by. That's the train. That's the, that's the uh, what is it, 1 o'clock train for you guys? It's probably the 1 o'clock train going by the beach, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's I think that sometimes gets lost in distribution is that we still are people. We still have a human connection, and we want to make sure that we continue to have that and not get frustrated or lost in the fact that somebody, you know, might be a homeowner that doesn't know exactly what they want because um, anybody can turn those people away, and a lot of people do. So I think when you accept those people and help them, then I think you start to separate yourself. And even the contractors, like you say, we have contractors that send their people to us all the time because they don't want to deal with that part of it. They just want to install the product. And they say, you go down to CES, like you said, you go down to CES, you go down to CD, you figure it out with them. You tell me, you tell me what, when you want me back here and I'll install it. Yeah, and that's what you mentioned was the DFM or the do it for me. The do it for me. So they the do it for me person who just says, hey, I'm going to buy it. You just install it, you know, or they come back with a list and say, hey, here's a list of things I want and, go, you know, get it from CES and then to come put it in. Just um, just to be clear, everybody, CES is not City Electric Supply. It's California. Electric. California Electric Supply. Yeah, yeah. We, we, do, to... we, <laughs> but yeah we do have that occasionally happen, um, unfortunately. But, you know, it's one of those things where CES is a good acronym, I guess. I just don't want people thinking I'm conversing with the enemy. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and we're not the consumer electronics show either. I've had that. <laughs> that might be good for you. Yeah. In yeah, this in a, this conversation. Yeah. That is definitely a great show. So people show so, up and be like, wow, these guys really are the place to go. <laughs> I mean, they have a whole conference named after them. So. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if, if this type of product's not on, you know, a distributor's radar, let, and let's say maybe they're in a very high industrial you know, big commercial project house or whatever, sure. and they're not doing a lot of residential, then yeah, I can understand this not being on their radar at all. But this just parlays into some of the stuff that's coming out for commercial stuff now, where you have some very simple 
business automation or you know commercial automation um, and in California with title 24 it's required yeah. so you know a very invariably the rest of the states are probably going to be adopting more of that so it's just an entryway into that also so you know we do a lot of commercial automation um, you know for things less than 10,000 square feet that that we're now the solution provider for that um, just because of this leap from you know the residential automation e easily into the commercial automation. And we're seeing a lot of the controlled receptacles and, and daylight harvesting and all that already coming through here. And it's uh, it's been a huge learning curve. And I think whoever represents themselves as being first and best in that is going to get a ton of commercial business as a result of it. Because yeah. contractors, they really don't know what to do or how to – they're looking for guidance. And if, you don't have to always be the guy that knows the answer, but being the guy who's resourceful and can go get the answer and bring that guy or the rep back to the person and, and walk them through it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of hand-holding in, in this kind of stuff, but it, it goes a long way, and, and if you, it's a good way to differentiate yourself if you're trying to get into it. Yeah, it's 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 a long-term play. It's obviously, like I said, building that relationship for the long term, um, making sure that you have a customer in three years. Um, you know, if you're only worried about the customer in front of you and, and not the one-time sale, which a lot of people are, then, you know, where's your business going to be in three to five years? Um, so as managers, we have to think about, you know, how do we set ourselves up to be successful, not only today and this year, but three to five and even 10 years from now. Playing the long game. Well, I've only got 14 years left, so I got to make sure at least 14 years of successful. Then <laughs> <laughs> it's up to somebody else. <laughs> and what did I just see on your LinkedIn? How many years are you celebrating there? 30, 32 years, 32 years. Wow. 32 years, 1987. Started with Amfac, and then we were bought by CED the following year. But so 32 years in this building. That's amazing. Congrats, yeah. congrats again. That's that's huge. Thank you. Yeah, it's a huge achievement. Um, and I'm only what 40 now, so. So 17. That's the big. That, that's the big joke. It's like how 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 young were you when you started? Yeah. <laughs> right. It took me a second to do the math on that. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I started in the business when I was 19, so it wow. was. It's been a great business and a big, great industry. And, you know, I like working for CED. Yeah, it's a great company because so. they allow us to do whatever makes sense in our markets. And you found a way to, to add a lot of value to your market through yep. all sorts of different things. But home automation is what, what percent of your business? And maybe you don't maybe you don't want to share this. Is, would you say is home automation? Like, is it a big chunk or is it icing on the cake? I would say that traditionally we're probably 65 to 70 percent residential. Yeah. And then another 30 to 35 percent like commercial. We don't do any industrial in, in Santa Barbara. Uh, we don't do any, like I said in the past, we don't do any of the big heavy commercial projects. Um, just normally because we had an out of, out of town contractor that we don't have a relationship with. But of the 60 to 65, 70 percent of that residential, I would say that at least 80 percent of that is having some sort of home automation put in. Now, wow. Without a, whether it's a, a entry level like a Caseta or Radio Raw, or if it's a homework system, um, something on those lines, you know, just about anything that we do from the ground up, set of plans, there's home automation involved. Um, most of the remodels now that we're doing, it's not that big of a jump to get to it, and it's a very easy, you know, with our showroom, it's a very easy way to show the customer, let's just get rid of that standard dimmer. Let's go with a smart dimmer or a connected dimmer and, you know, home automation for you. And this is where you can go. And let's just build on that. So yeah, very rarely are we selling, you know, a standard dimmer out of the box now. 
It's really interesting. Now that you mentioned that, I don't really see that on a lot of high-end resi out here. We're, we see lighting packages and gear, and, and then, I mean, it's just, I guess we got to get in there and really talk to, do you ever talk to architects and engineers, or is this all coming? I do. You do? Okay. Yeah, I do talk to architects and electrical engineers a lot. Um, Santa Barbara is, you know, again, a very small town. Yeah. In the sense that everybody kind of knows each other. But I would suggest that that's a, you know, if you haven't been talking to architects and electrical engineers, that's one of the first, first questions you want to start. Um, you want to be able to show them that as a distributor, you can, you can bring some value, even though they're not going to buy from you. Right. But you're going to be able to talk to them about product that more realistically than I would say a rep might be able to talk to them about. So it took me many, many years to get relationships with that community. But now I get calls from those guys whether it's an architect engineer and say, Hey, Dan, so-and-so was just in my office. They were showing me this new product. What do you think? Hmm. You know, and they say they can deliver it in four weeks, you know, and I can say, well, my experience has been X, Y, Z. And the last two jobs that we used that product on, we didn't see delivery dates for eight or nine weeks. So, you know, I've just, I've, I've, we just tried to not obviously bad mouth anybody, but we have a little bit more of a realistic idea of how things go on the projects than maybe the rep does who's trying to sell that one individual thing. <laughs> well, I know on our end, um, the rep or the architect will sometimes list where they should be buying the material underneath it. Mm -hmm. And like, yep. for some reason, like our competitors always listed under Cooper, but they don't buy them from Cooper. They buy them from us, obviously. Um, right. But being that like source of, cause you can kind of write the spec after a while and you can make it part numbers that don't really exist. And, and then only, you know how to do it. And you could call it like CED one or whatever, just like Tam light. Right. Yeah. You know, City Electric's lighting package. Um, you know, they use part numbers that we're not able to sell. We could do the same thing with like lighting automation. That, um, you could. Um, we've never gone down that road, uh, but I know people do. I think maybe it's again, I've got a long enough relationship with some of these people that they, they trust what we say. Right. Um, I have, you know, I've had engineers literally lay down a set of plans in front of me and ask me what I want to do. And what do you want to do here, Dan? Yeah. You know, we've got six weeks to complete this. What do you want to do? Um, and I would, I, I've never gone into a set of plans to put a, you know, a different set of numbers on there that wasn't an actual product. Right. Uh, but I always recommend, you know, especially in a commercial project, you know, two to three different manufacturers that meet the same spec. Hmm. That way you're not, you know, putting yourself into one, you know, arena and not being able to get out of it. Um, it's getting harder now with the embedded. I mean, that's another podcast probably about the commercial automation and then the embedded products that people are putting into their fixtures now to tie up everything um, because the manufacturers know work controls where everything is going. Everybody makes an led troffer, everybody <laughs> led strip light. It's how you're going to control that. And that's where the manufacturers now know that their best power is, is to give you a good lighting control system that's embedded in their system and their product line. So that's where you're going to have to go. You're not going to be able to really bust that out and break that, break that spec you know, without actually using somebody else's embedded product or convincing the homeowner or the business owner that the best bet is to agnostic fixture, agnostic lighting control system, put them together and it's going to work. Right. So, and that's a tough sell. I mean, that project I was telling you about this morning, we, we did do that. They wanted to save some money. So we redesigned the lighting package ourselves and we redesigned the automation ourselves. And of course, now we're trying, we're just spending a lot of extra time trying to figure out like, you know, how all this is going to integrate where it probably would have been a lot right. easier just to buy the, the, the much, the much more expensive spec package. Um, right. Three times. Uh, the price. And you know, that's, that's a good, that's a good value add. If you can, you know, do some value 
engineering that really is, you know, meeting the spec of the job versus just being lower cost. Right. Um, and I think it, as a distributor, if you're not aware of all the different control products that are out there on the commercial end, you're just setting yourself up to be at the, you know, at the behest of the manufacturer or the sales rep. So if you're listening to this and you are a residential house, like you, Resi is your main game, like yep. in Florida, most of, most of the PCs probably are, um, and you don't do any of this stuff right now, how would you recommend they, somebody get started? Well, first I would look at their, you know, who they're representing. Who's their, who's their horse in this game? Okay. Are they, are they LeGrand, Pass and Seymour? Are they a Leviton house? Are they a Lutron house? Are they a Cooper, you know, house? I mean, what's their main light, line for controls or just even switches and dimmers? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would look at that rep and say, what kind of training do you have? What kind of product do you have in this arena? Because um, they all have some sort of product in this arena. Yeah, Lutron's not the only one, but obviously that's who we sell and I'm comfortable with. But I know Pass and Seymour and LeGrand have great offerings. Leviton has a swath of offerings, you know, so you know go with the horse that you already have on the shelf and learn their product and learn it well and then start introducing that in class form to your contractors um if you have the opportunity and once you know you're getting up and you see a bill of material come across your desk or your salesperson's desk and you see 20 dimmers and down lights and stuff that right there is like let's give this guy an option to go into this product line Hmm. you know and just price it out for him you know, and say, yeah, I know it's going to be a little bit more expensive, but you might want to offer this to your end user because they're probably thinking about it anyways. So it's really training the contractor to be that sales guy in the field so that when he walks into somebody's house or he's talking to a homeowner or a general contractor, he's at least bringing that conversation up. Have you thought about home automation? You know, and, and what, you know, what does that look to you? And can we provide some information for you at least on that to see if you're even interested? Yeah, I think that... That that question right there is probably literally the million dollar question for a contractor. Just just asking that question. Have you thought about home automation? Because right. that's going to sell us a lot more home automation and it's going to sell them a lot more home automation and labor to install it and all that stuff and value add and, and being that known for that as the, in the in the arena that the contractor wants to be in. And right. I, don't, I think a lot of them are afraid of it and they're just not asking about it or there's not even something that's on their mind. So getting them to... Well. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I, you know, I go to a couple different conferences and one CDA, but I, you know, a lot of the AV guys, when I talk to them about this, they say, well, electrical contractors, plumber, plumbers, those guys have never been salespeople. Right. They've always been called upon to come do a job, whereas an AV person is a salesperson at the foremost. They're always having to be that sales guy. So that AV guy you know, if he's got some simple home automation product that he's going to sell, and a lot of them do, um, that they're going to be the guys that are going to be asking that question. And, he, and that's one, one of the guys I talked to. He says, that's the difference between us and other trades. As an AV person, we're always willing to ask the question, have you thought about something better? Trades guys tend to be, what's on the plans? How cheap can I do it to make sure I get the job and move on to the next one? Right. So we have to retrain our contractors to think a little bit more broadly about don't be afraid to ask the question. It doesn't mean they're going to go that way. It doesn't mean you're going to lose a job. At least have that conversation. Yeah. And I think that the uh, the, the new generation of contractors is definitely more savvy. You know, they have their stuff in their houses and they're they're familiar with it. And that's a that's a big part of it is getting them comfortable with it in their own house. And, and that's exactly. why Lutron always has like promos where you buy XML and they give you a free 
to say to home kit whatever and they're like hey just give it to somebody like literally just give it to the next guy that buys like any Casada product and tell him to put it in his, his house because if he knows about it and he can be a champion for it out there in the field for you he's going to drive that business right back to where he got it from of course exactly and that's and i think that you know all the manufacturers do a pretty good job of getting samples into people's hands but this after you get it to them is the follow-up you know mm. have you put it in hey have any problems how's it working for you you know what yeah. are the pros and cons that you see in your house you know it's just just not giving them the product and asking them to put it in just you know it's that constant follow-up that we tend not to do in our industry very well sometimes but even three months four months after you you know talk to them the first time go back and revisit um on well, some sometimes you know i talk to some of these these contractors and i know their their, their wives and their families and they're like no he's you know I've been trying to get him to put these recess cans in the living room for four weeks now, you know? And so, and I always joke that like the chef doesn't want to go home and cook dinner. You know what I mean? Like he's been cooking all day. He doesn't want <laughs> So sometimes it is hard for the, to get them to do what they do out in the field all day and come home and then do it at their own house. Right. So um, following up and being like, hey, you mind if I come over this weekend and help you put it in and I'll, I'll help you program and walk you through it. Um, right. Because I'm probably going to get called out to the job anyways when they're they're doing these large scale projects. You know, and again, we have a lot of tools at our you know discretion that we can use. And one of the things, if you know, if you're if you're doing this, and you have a list of contractors that are buying this specific product from you, when a new product comes out in that that in that gap, let's say like Lutron just introduced their fan speed control for Cassetta. Yeah. Well, I went through my list and I looked at my top twenty guys that buy a lot of Cassetta. Guess who got the first fan speed controls? off the shelf, you know, as a sample, those, those guys that are putting that product in. Yeah. Now, believe it or not, three of those were actually direct homeowners hmm. that have coming in they're, they're do it yourself guys. You know, they come to us to buy their product. So I looked at that. I'm like, absolutely. I'm going to give it to this person, you know? So I, you know, pick up the phone and say, Hey, Lutron just introduced this fan speed control. I think I remember you said you had some fans and I'd like to give you one or two for you to try out. Yeah, let you me know. know what you think. Yeah, <laughs> and then you follow up again. You know, a month or two later, how did that work out for you? You know, how's your project going? Anything else? Again, since this is a Lego type product, there's always going to be opportunities to go back to those people and say, "What's your next move? What's your next thing? What what house? What part of the house you're remodeling next?" Hmm. You know, so it gives this really gives you the opportunity to revisit those customers over and over again with a new product or product they can expand on. I like it. It's not just upselling. Yeah. It's it's like rehashing the sale months down right. the road. And yeah. it's a good touch point. All right. There you go. That's it. Home automation in a nutshell. We, we try. It's, uh, I mean, it sounds like it sounds like you guys do a really good job of it. It's something that we, we tinker in. Oh, the last question I want to ask you. Um, yeah. When you go out and program a place, like you go out and spend a couple hours there, are you charging for that service or are you kind of baking it into the cost of the material or how, how does that work? So right now, well, with the when I did PC programming, whether it was Homeworks or Vantage, I charged. Okay. And it was, a, you know, $125 an hour, minimum two, two hour, no problem. Wow. And I would get, I would get paid for that, no problem. Even if it only took me 30 minutes to do the programming and upload it, I would get paid for two hours. Um, and that's what really showed me that this, there's, there's market here. With this product line, the, the do it for me, the do it yourself product, um, and the, the programming being so simple on the phone, yeah, uh, it's just a matter of showing them once or twice, you know, either at their home or in our office, how it works. And then 
they're on their own. They don't really need us unless they have something complicated they want to do. A certain scene or a certain schedule they want to program, they may call or whatever, and I'll invite them down to our showroom and say, okay, let's just plan that out. Let's see what it's going to look like when we do it at our place before you do it at your place. So, yeah, I don't really charge for that anymore. Um, we do have, you know, we do bake it into the margin a little bit, knowing that some customers we're going to need to spend a little extra time with. Uh, but those tend to be the customers that return to you over and over again and keep buying from you because you've helped sure. them. So um, I think unless you are a AV dealer or an electrical contractor, sometimes it's hard to charge for your time, you know, when it's that simple now. Yeah. Well, I, I'm thinking of one job I did where they, it was some crazy uh, way over the top home automation system for these really small cottages here in town that's called Windsor. It's designed to be like English cottages. They're very small. Yeah. Um, and so they laid out the plans and they're like, hey, we need something in here. There's a small guest house. We need to be able to talk to that, you know, across the, the pool area. Um, what can you recommend? And I recommended Caseta with um, the repeater being the first uh, lamp dimmer you plugged in, acts as a uh -huh. repeater. And we measured it out and it worked and everything. And I knew that they didn't know how to program it. So I baked in not only more margin, but then I also charged, I, I want to say it was $75 an hour, minimum of three hours on site. Cause it was, mm -hmm. it was kind of far away. You had to have to drive 45 minutes to get there. So, right. um, and that seemed to work out pretty well. It still allowed them to make some margin on the, on the labor. They, I'm sure they just marked that up and passed it right on to them. Right. And then walking through the house, I was teaching them as I went. And that's another reason it took three hours was it wasn't just me programming and leaving. It was like, oh, how'd you do that? And then walking them through it and, you know, they, right. they download on their phones and we're literally going through it step by step. But I've always been trying to think of ways where we can charge for services um, and have zero cost against it. I mean, that's 100% profit except right. for the opportunity cost, of course. And I think if you had, you know, a expert, you know, that could really understood that, and in my position, that would be me. Um, you know, before it would might have been Cruz, who's no longer with us, but it might be the next guy to a point where, yeah, I would be able to say, hey, you know, if you're going to take up two hours of Dustin's time, we're going to have to bill you for that. And this is what it's going to cost you. And yeah, they would say, that's not a problem because I'm just going to end up charging the customer anyways. Yeah, of course. For that. But, um, you know, it's an avenue we really haven't gone down um, recently. Like I said, in the past, I've done it and it's not been a problem. But recently with this product lines, we haven't been down that path and uh, it's something we should maybe investigate. If we get enough calls for people saying, Hey Dan, can you guys come out and do this for us? We can, and it's going to cost you X. Right. I think it's fair. I mean, they're charging oh, yeah. a ton. It's definitely fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So well, Dan, anything else you want to talk about in, in home automation? Uh, I think you've answered all my questions. I, I'll, I'll think of one as soon as we hang up, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good opening opening playbook to uh, to how to do it from a, from a new location to one that's been doing it for a while and needs to expand. Um, I might reach out to you and ask if you can send me your um, product files on Nest just so I can see what you're selling and you know kind of how to start building that in our own market. Yeah, I can definitely I can definitely do that for you. Yeah, and um, I mean if anybody has any specific questions, feel free to reach out to me or to Dan, and I'm sure he'd love to help. But uh, love to love to help anytime I can. Dan, we appreciate you having on the show, and uh, we'll be in touch for the next episode. Sounds great, Mike. Enjoy. All right, sounds good. Thanks.